Good morning, everybody. You're tuning in to the VBAC Link podcast. And today we have our friend Heather on, and she's going to be sharing her story about her really, really long labor. And when it comes to long labors, I feel like I can totally relate because I had a long labor, but she had an even longer labor. So I feel for her and I can't wait to hear her story. As usual, we do have a review and Julie's going to read that before we dive right in. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to Heather. She has a really fun story. Even though her labor was several days long, her midwife barely made it to catch her baby at home. And so I cannot wait to hear all of the fun details in this story. And then guess what? At the end, we're going to talk a little bit about long labors, failure to progress and those type of things, because usually a long labor providers will be pushing a cesarean relatively soon um, if you were in a hospital. So we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit more about what that actually means and how you can help labor progress um, if it's moving along slowly. But yes, as Megan said, we have a review of the week and it's a really exciting one. And I hope I haven't read this before because I still haven't gotten my reviews put together because everything's crazy right now. But um, this is from um, Mitayawa on Apple Podcasts, Um, and it says, I cannot even begin to describe what an encouragement these podcasts have been for me. I have completely binged on these the past few weeks, and they have grown my confidence for my up-and-coming VBAC baby. I cannot stop sharing everything I'm learning and even helping encourage first-time moms on how to educate themselves to avoid a cesarean in the first place. Thank you so much for this no BS, truth declaring, and empowering platform that I know has encouraged so many more than just myself. Keep being amazing. I can't wait to share our story in just a few short months. All my love. Ah, you're amazing. I just, I love that review. The reviews, I just, gosh, I know we say it all the time, but Megan and I, we love it. We love the warm and fuzzies. We love the feedback that we get from our listeners and you women of strength. And we are just so grateful for those that take the time to sit and leave us a good review on either Apple podcasts, our Facebook page, or our Google business page. We love you and we thank you and we really appreciate it more than we can even express. Yes, I agree. I agree. And um, something that I, that stood out to me about that particular review is how she's saying that she loves and wants to share it with first-time moms so they can learn how to avoid cesarean from the get-go. And that's like one of our goals too, is like, how, how can we educate everyone, not just those who have had a cesarean, but everyone and how to avoid a cesarean unless that's something that they're wanting. And I just, I love that. So thank you for pointing that out. I also, um, as a doula, like I send it to everybody, all my clients, first time, <laughs> second time, too. third time, no cesarean, cesarean. Um, I just think it's important to hear these stories and hear what leads to cesareans and what people experience and how to avoid those things. So thank you so much. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Do you want a VBAC but don't know where to start? 
It's easy to feel like we need to figure it all out on our own. That's what we used to do, and it was the loneliest, most ineffective thing we have ever done. That's why Megan and I created our signature course, How to VBAC, the ultimate preparation course for parents that you can find at the VBAClink.com. It is the most comprehensive VBAC preparation course in the world, perfectly packaged in an online self-paced video course. Together, Megan and I have helped over 800 parents get the birth that they wanted, and we are ready to help you too. Head on over to the VBAClink.com to find out more and sign up today. That's the vbacklink.com. See you there. Okay, let's get into Heather's story. Heather, we're so tickled. And I'm just going to share a little tickled. bit. We were we were right on I'm um, getting on the phone with her today and she's 33 weeks pregnant now. Is that what you said, Heather? I will be 33 weeks on Saturday. On so Saturday. this will be your second VBAC. Tomorrow. Week. So tomorrow. Yeah. So tomorrow. And guys, she broke her ankle, like in she had nine pins in your ankle, nine <laughs> screws and a nine, pin, nine and a plate. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. So when she told us that, we were like, like four oh days my ago, right? Like, well, I broke eight. it, so I broke it. What? Uh, it'll almost be two weeks, and then oh. um, I had surgery oh. eight days ago. That is, oh my gosh, so yeah. unfair! Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah, you should not getting injuries while you're pregnant, like I right. Don't. I'm a firm right. believer in that. Dang well, it. we are very grateful that you are able to be on with us today and oh, share your I'm story. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I've been so excited since I got the first email. I told my husband, I was like, I cannot even believe this. Like, what do I do? <laughs> oh, uh, I know. Yeah. And you probably, I don't know how long you had to wait. It's so hard because, oh my gosh, we get so many good submissions, but we get so many. Yeah, submissions. it's hard to pick. It's well, it's it's hard to pick, and then like we only record so often and right. and everything, and so like we can't get to every single one, and so, oh, so if you have submitted your story, we're sorry. We hope that at some point we can record with you. If not, definitely know that we're reading them and we love them. And if you haven't already, share them in our VBAC link community because. There are so many people in that group that also really, really need you. So absolutely. Yeah. Yes, All right, I love Heather. the group. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Did you join it from the beginning or after your VBAC or when did it you went, find Well, us? I did I didn't find you all until this pregnancy. So it was after my VBAC. And then I joined the group and just seeing everybody, you know, support each other and share their you know, kind of their like outlier stories of, you know, gestational diabetes or this or that. And, so, you know, a lot of women would just feel like they were kicked out, you know, that they would risk out of it. And so seeing all those different things, you know, is a big deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. And let's turn the time over to you to get your story in because we're excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, so I guess I'm going to start with my cesarean. So uh, my first daughter, was born in 2014 um, in February, and we had been on track for a unmedicated, I never doubted my body, I never doubted myself. Um, my husband was not comfortable with a home birth, which I totally was, but um, That's he common. was not. Very yes. common. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we decided to birth with just an OBGYN. I had also never had a female OBGYN. She was my first one. Um, and so my OBGYN that I had before her had actually let his obstetrician license drop. 
you know, he was getting older. He didn't want to, to be on call, didn't want to deliver anymore. What? And what's funny enough is he was actually the one that delivered me. So, so I just thought, well, hey, you that's know, the same with on. me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My, doctor, yes. my doctor delivered me too. That's yeah, the reason like, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just thought, well, I'll carry it on and I'll see him. And he had let it drop. So we transferred to another one, to an, uh, to a lady that, I, my, one of my friends had had, you know, um, a fairly uncomplicated delivery with. And so this doctor had also delivered her own daughter unmedicated. So I thought I was safe. And so beautiful pregnancy, a completely uncomplicated, everything went great. And then at 39 weeks, I woke up and I told my husband, I said, something is just not right. I said, I can't feel her knees. I can't feel her head. I can't feel anything of where she is. At 39 and 4, I had an appointment. And so um, we had gone in. And I, I've always had Braxton Hicks with all my pregnancies. And, you know, I'd been having them for a few days. And um, we went in and she checked me. And she said, well, I can't tell. She pointed to her cheek. And she said, I can't tell if it's facial cheek or if it's foot cheek. So she said, we're going to get you in for an ultrasound. And I told John, I was like, she's breech. I know it. Like, I, you know, Aww. I just knew from the get go that it was breech. And I knew that that was cesarean. And uh, so I got kind of worked up and we went for an ultrasound. And sure enough, her head was up, her butt was down. And um, we went back to the doctor that day, you know, right after my ultrasound. And she said, well, have you eaten today? And I said, well, yeah, you know, we just had breakfast and she said, okay, well, I'm going to schedule your cesarean for seven. And I was like, what? Like, we're not even going to try what? to turn her? Like, are you serious? And she was Aww. like, no, you know, first time babies normally don't. And so we're, we're just going to schedule you for tonight. <sighs> it was such a shock that you just kind of go with it. You're just like, what? Uh, okay, I guess yeah. this is what we're doing, you know? And you don't know what questions to ask. And you're no. just like, oh, man. Yeah. You just don't even, and yeah. then you think it must be absolutely necessary because it's your provider's right. it's never come to yep. your mind. And so, yep. Yep. oh, I'm so sorry. Right. That's, and that's so, hard. Um, it happens to a lot of people. Yeah, it was. And I remember just being devastated and just bawling the whole time. And we were leaving her office and every nurse that we passed just said, well, she did my cesarean. It went great. She did my cesarean. It went great. Oh, she did geez. my cesarean. It went great. Oh. And I, that's I reassuring. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, it is if you need a cesarean, but yeah. But, you're like, why are we doing a lot of cesarean? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, it was about a week after that. And I told my husband, I was like, if I had known I was going to a butcher, I probably would have gone somewhere else. Like, you know, Aww. it just, that's just kind of how I felt about it at the time. So we went home, we packed, we had a cesarean and I have kind of a special circumstance where I have a bladder disease, interstitial cystitis. And so I have um, what's called an inner stem, which is like a pacemaker for your bladder. And so it is implanted in the back, basically right above my right butt cheek. Okay. Um, I have something new to research now. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> well, so I have that and it has two wires that go through, um, my sacrum and that line up uh, right up. Uh, they kind of butt up against my bladder nerves and so it helps my bladder empty out completely because I have a problem doing that by myself. So we get there and we're, you know, ready for an epidural and ready to get started. And they called the doctor and I mean, they hadn't given him three minutes to call him back. 
And um, they came in and said, well, we can't get a hold of the doctor, so we're going to have to put you out. And what? so that meant that daddy couldn't be with me. But this isn't a cesarean, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, emergency. This isn't an emergency. No, no, so no. why, why right. can't we wait for a provider to call yeah. back? And you weren't, it's exactly. not like you were in labor and baby's heart was tanking. No. Exactly. Oh. Well, and apparently I had been having some pretty good contractions. The nurse had said, like, are you feeling those? And I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. But regardless, it wasn't, she wasn't crowning. You know, right. she wasn't coming out, you know, they could Well, and if you weren't feeling them, then they weren't right. intense enough to exactly. do anything. Exactly. Um, and yeah. so, um, so daddy couldn't be with me. So they had basically told him 20 minutes, you'll have a baby, 30 minutes, you'll have a wife. And he said, okay, well, that's not how it happened. About an hour and a half later, he had a baby. About three and a half hours later, he had a wife. So Wait, he what? Is, yeah. So he was freaking out. Yeah. Um, he that is such an odd way to say it. Like, I just don't like yeah, that. Yeah. So they, um, they brought this little bundle through the nursery. He was looking through the window and they whisk her off back to the back. And he literally had to bang on the nursery window and say, is that my baby? And they said, Wade. And he was like, yes. And so they brought her oh. to him. She was completely healthy, completely fine. Um, and then he kept saying, you know, like, where is my wife? What is going on? And um, they said, well, she's having a hard time with anesthesia. Apparently, I had woken up and they were already doing fundal massages. And I was losing it because it hurt. Mm -hmm. So I was having a quote unquote hard time with anesthesia. <laughs> so. Yeah. Woke up to funnel massage. Uh-huh. So, um, so that's how our cesarean went. And I vowed I would never have another. <laughs> and so I had, you know, we weren't having any other babies anyway. But then, um, you know, I just, I was not going to go through that again. And my whole family went, you know, through a whole lot that night. And so um, about three and a half to four years later, I've always been a stay-at-home mother. And I just kept telling Jonathan, I was like, I could easily have another baby. Like I could do it, you know, like I know I could do it and I would love to have a boy. And so we did get pregnant. It was not a trying it. We never tried, but it happened. Yeah. Beautiful pregnancy. Got in touch. We have a, a local midwife here who is very versed in VBACs. She does a lot of them and she also does breach deliveries, vaginal breach deliveries. And so awesome. you know, once, that's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing things like that. Yes. And so, you know, once you have a breach, it's kind of always on your mind that you're going to have another. So I just wanted somebody that knew what they were doing with that, you know, just in case. So we got in touch with her, you know, my husband wasn't still a hundred percent on board, but he knew he wasn't going to sway me this time. You know, there was no bartering, you know, I was going to have my home birth. And so beautiful pregnancy again. Um, everything went perfect. Get to about 39 weeks and I, you know, you know, you're getting impatient and you're ready. And so I would bounce on my ball and, you know, try to get things started and lots of Braxton Hicks. I had about a week of prodromal labor that would start and stop. And, you know, um, my doula kept saying, you know, do some miles circuit. And I just thought, well, you know, he's fine. It's just not time. And so, you know, I wouldn't do it <laughs> like I was supposed to. And so about 39 
what was it? 39 and two, maybe 39 and one. Um, I woke up at like two 30 in the morning with considerable different contractions. They were going to my back down, you know, the inner parts of my legs. And I kind of knew that was it. And, um, I babysat at the time I babysat a little boy. And so I just continued my day. I babysat him. I had a friend who came over and had lunch with us and she watched the kids for a minute so I could run to Kroger and um, get some food. And I, I went to Walmart and got a waterproof mattress pad because I didn't know, you know, where exactly I was going to give birth. So I got some last minute supplies and I had been timing my contractions and texting my midwives the whole time. And she finally said, you know, I need you to just quit timing them and just, you'll know, when it's time to call me, just, you know, take your breaks and rest and hydrate and eat well. And, you know, she's like, I just think you're working yourself up, you know, and uh, cause none of them were very consistent. They were, you know, kind of all over the place and different durations and different spacing in between. And I said, okay. And I think it was like six thirty. you know, my husband had been home. We had had dinner and I said, I'm just going to take me a hot bath and go sleep. And I did. 6.30, I took me a hot bath. 7 o'clock, I was in the bed. Slept all night. Contractions didn't wake me up, which was wonderful. And then Friday at 2.30, I woke up again. Um, and it was like clockwork. I mean, 2.30 a.m., I was up. Couldn't go back to sleep. Couldn't get comfortable. So I went downstairs, and I cross-stitched. So I went downstairs on the couch and watched Penny Dreadful. And um, just took some quiet time to myself and would, you know, kind of rock through contractions and take my time. And that day for the little boy that I babysat, we decided that I would take the day off because his mother had to go out of town for work. And she was like, if things get serious, I'm just not sure that I can get back, you know, in time to get him. So I took the day off and it was about maybe two or three. Another funny part of this story is I did not want my mother there for the birth because she was not a very big supporter of my home birth. Yeah. And so I had just said, you know, like, I love you. You know, I'll, I'll call you, you know, when he's here and then we can go from there. My mother lives about two hours from here. And uh, my mother had a certification test in my town on Saturday <laughs> So she was coming to town Friday afternoon. So I was like, of course, you know, now I'm in labor, you know. And, uh, oh, and my doula was out of town. My doula, it was in school to be a midwife. Oh, she's no. Now my, yeah, she's now my midwife for this oh, uh, pregnancy. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. I love yeah, it. So, so she was out of town, and um, – so she had a backup, of course, and was like, you know, you just call Amanda, you know, if you need anything, and she'll be here for you. And I was like, okay. And I was like, we're not going to have a baby till Sunday. You know, like, this just isn't going to happen. And uh, I, where we were taking our time. And so my mom came into town at like two or three that afternoon. And I, my daughter, of course, is four. And she's like, I want a snack. I want to play. I want to go outside. I want to. And I was starting to get really like short with her. <laughs> Cause I was tired, you know, you've been working all day, you know, through contractions. And so, um, my mom said, I'll come get Charlie and take her to lunch, take her to the mall. You take a nap. And I said, okay. So my mom came and got her. They went out on the town and 
you know, I laid down and never could quite get comfortable enough to take a nap, but I did rest. And uh, husband came home. We cooked dinner, 6.30, once again, like clockwork. I took me a hot Epsom salt bath, went to bed at 7. My mom was staying the night because, of course, she had to go to her certification test the next morning, early the next morning at WKU, which is our, our university in town. So 2.30, like clockwork, I woke up again Saturday morning, and Saturday morning we were not playing around. We were having a baby. I got up. I went outside because I was scared to wake anybody up. I didn't want to wake my daughter up, didn't want to wake my mom. I didn't want to wake my mom up and get her, like, frantic about a baby, you know, because I knew this was going to take time. And my mother has always had very medicalized births, epidurals, inductions. And so I thought, you know, this might freak her out. She might feel like we need to go. And so I didn't want to wake anybody up. So I went outside in, the cul de in my driveway, which is in a cul-de-sac, and there was a group of kids, like, I, I say kids, they were probably 20, and the driveway, like two driveways away from me, we lived in like a condo, we lived in, in, in like a townhouse, <laughs> they, I think, I, I think they were smoking something, <laughs> I'm not real sure. But um, instantly, I bent over the hit hitch of my husband's truck, and they, like, bolted inside. <laughs> they were like, we don't want any part of this. Well, we don't I know what's going here. on. <laughs> yeah. We do not want to see this baby be born in this driveway. So they, they went inside. It was really funny. And I'm just pacing the driveway, walking back and forth, doing my thing. And, you know, I would have to stop and kind of moan through them, rock through them, breathe. And then... I don't remember at what point that I went inside and I honestly cannot even tell you if I ate breakfast, if I ate lunch, I'm sure I did, but I don't remember any of it. You just kind of get in la la land, you know, labor land, I think is what I've heard some moms call it. And, um, at 11 o'clock I laid down on the couch to take a nap and apparently I was moaning while I was asleep and my daughter was mocking me while I was moaning. And so, you know, I would make a moan sound and she would make a moan sound. And uh, my husband said, uh, you looked up and said, uh, my mother-in-law was coming back into town from Mississippi. And so I had looked at him and said, where's Meemaw? She needs to come get Charlie. Like I was just really upset that she was mocking me. So of course his mother came and picked up Charlie while, you know, my mother was taking her certification test and, um, I continued to work and I took a shower shortly after that and just moaned in the shower just as, as hard as I could. I mean, it was getting, it was getting intense. And um, I have this little ball, this little purple ball, it's called a gorgeous ball. And I've, I've put it in the group several times, like you ladies need to go get this ball. But I would put it against the wall and against my sacrum. And I would just grind on this ball. That counter pressure felt so good. So about four o'clock, I remember my husband, I was using my ball against the wall and my husband was on the phone and we have a dear friend and uh, he said, sir, I think you're fixing to have a baby. And my husband was like, yeah, I think we're pretty close. <laughs> you know, I think it's happening because I was just yelling on the phone, you know, I could just hear. And I finally told my husband, I said, I cannot be quiet. Like, you're going to have to get off the phone. Like, I cannot. So about, I don't know, maybe 
five thirty or six, I got in a hot bath. My husband, I told my husband that I needed something to eat and to fix me a steak because I wanted some good protein to carry me through. And my mother-in-law called and said, you're making her a steak. And he was like, yeah, you know, she's hungry. She wants something. And I guess she heard me in the background and she was like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. I'm coming over. (laughs) So, which was a blessing because it was just me and my husband. And so, you know, we did probably need some extra hands to be honest. The pool was set up, but it wasn't filled up. You know, we didn't have really anything else, you know, going on. So my father-in-law said, well, they've told you not to go over there. And she said, well, they can kick me out and send me home, but I'm just going to go check, you know. So um, she came over and I did manage to get a couple bites. And I was in the tub right before I started to eat and I let the water out and every single inch of water that left that tub, my contraction got harder and harder and harder and harder. Started feeling and it. I just yeah. screamed. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. And I, I just remember feeling, you know, almost like the water was pulling my baby out. You know, you just kind of feel that pressure. And mm-hmm. I had yelled down at my husband. I was like, I can't, I can't dry off. I can't move. I can't do anything. And I started to cry. And then my contraction let up and then I started kind of giggling and I was like, I'm okay. You know, I'm all right. I can handle it. Give me the towel, go fix my plate. And he kind of laughed at me and he was like, okay, you know, whatever. So he went down, fixed my plate. I got dried off. I got in the bed. I had texted my doula, my substitute doula, since my other doula was out of town. I texted my substitute doula and said, you know, I really kind of lost my stuff there in the tub. Like, you know, I think it, it might be time. And then she texted me back and she was like, okay, well, you're ready for me. And, you know, as that contraction lit up, I was like, no, you know, I'm fine. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you are so tough. (laughs) <laughs> I was in denial this whole time and I just oh I kept gosh. trying to like keep people out. I was like, no, you know, I this could go on for days is all my midwife had said, you know, this could go on for days and you're a VBAC and VBACs mm-hmm. are long labors and you're gonna be okay mm-hmm. and you know, just work through it as you can. And so I was like, No, I'm okay and finally Amanda said, You know, I th- I'm dressed and ready and I was almost to the car, so I I'm just gonna come check on you. Good. I said, okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that your midwife okay. or your doula? My doula. This okay. is my doula. Yeah. 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 Good. So, yeah. So my midwife's name is times. Tracy. <laughs> yeah. So my midwife's name is Tracy and my doula's name was Amanda. So Amanda came in and I had taken a few bites of steak and I think I had broccoli or mashed potatoes or something. I can't remember. And I had taken a few bites of that and, you know, taken a drink and she got up and she was like, you know, how are you doing? Are you okay? Well, as soon as I saw her, I swear I gave myself permission to have a baby because <laughs> she walked in my bedroom door and I lost it. I was like, I'm not okay. I threw myself on her shoulders. You know, Aww. I'm not coping very well. I can't handle this. And she was like, you're doing perfectly. She was like, let's get a drink of water. Let's take another bite. Let's you know, let's, let's get up and get moving. So, um, I I did, I took another bite or two, took some good drinks, got up, used my gorgeous ball against the wall again. I just, I don't like to be touched very much when, when I'm in pain. And, um, so, you know, I didn't really want human counter pressure, but that ball was just all I could think about. 
So got up and she said, honey, has anybody said, has anybody mentioned posterior to you? And I said, no. I said, Tracy was here earlier. My midwife had come and checked me earlier that day and said, you know, you're four centimeters dilated, 90% of face, you know, we're ready. And uh, she, (laughs) I should have put this, I should have said this earlier, but she said, um, I have a wedding to go to tonight. She was like, if you were at a six centimeters, I was going to stay. She was like, but you're at a four. She was like, and I think I'm, I'm going to try to make this wedding if that's okay with you. And I was like, yes, I'm fine. I'm, I'm coping well. <laughs> this is fine. You just, you go and you, my midwife is so busy that she does not get to do things like that. You know, yeah. and so I was like, no, please go and see your daughter and, you know, have a good time. And I, I'm doing fine. And so, so she went to this wedding. So my, I had told my doula, I said, no, I said, Tracy was here earlier. I said, I was four centimeters dilated, 90% faced. He is, my baby is directly in the middle of my belly. She said, yeah, I think he's in the middle of your belly, but I think he's posterior. And so she kind of turned me around and felt of my tailbone. And she was like, yeah, that's his head. And so she had asked my husband who my husband is very like, I don't want to say anti-birth, but he's does not want any part of it. <laughs> like <laughs> He doesn't want to see it. He doesn't want to catch it. It's just not his thing, which is fine. Cause he's always been very honest about it from the get go. So she said, do you want to feel your baby? And he was like, no, not really. But you know, so she grabbed his <laughs> hand and, and oh, put his really. hand. Yeah. And put his hand on my back. And she was like, that's your baby. And, um, so Is your I, sacrum bulging. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Yep. Massive back labor. Yeah. So I continued to use my gorgeous ball for a little bit longer. And then I was like, I really need to go to the bathroom. So famous last words. So I <laughs> am sitting on the bat on the toilet. And I said, I said, Amanda, I really just need to go to the bathroom if you could give me a minute. And she was like, are you feeling pushy? And I said, I don't know what I'm feeling. I've never done this before. <laughs> and, um, uh, she said, yeah, I'm not leaving you on this toilet. And I said, please, I really just need to go. It'll just take me a second. You know, please just give me a second. She's like, um, seen yeah. this before. Yeah, she's good like, for no, her. We're not and uh, she said, come on, let's get off the toilet. And I said, no. And she's like, yeah, let's get off the toilet. And I said, I'm not getting off this toilet. <laughs> so she kinda, she, she didn't, she didn't grabbed me off the toilet, but she took my hands and kind of guided me away from the toilet. She's like, come on. No toilet babies. Yeah. Let's, let's get out of here. And so, you know, she had called my midwife and said, well, you know, we just had a little episode on the toilet. I, you know, you need to get here, you know, it's happening. (laughs) So I guess at that point, my midwife had decided to come, you know, to, to come. Now, I did not know when my midwife said that she had a wedding to go to, that this wedding was about an hour and a half away. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So, um, so I get into, I decided to, to lay, uh, to birth in my baby's nursery. So we had hung his crib with lights and his changing table was like a little, almost like a little altar. I had candles and pictures and, you know, stuff like that up and lights and So we go in there and I had spread a yoga mat out down on the floor in case I wanted to get on hands and knees or whatever. 
So I get on hands and knees and I felt a pop. Like, a, I mean, it's the craziest pop. And yep, I said, oh my like God. a water <laughs> balloon? <laughs> it was not. It was not my water, which was really surprising. What? It wasn't. I, I, it was not. And I said, um, I said, oh my God, I felt a pop. It wasn't my water. That's not good. And she said, well, what did it feel like? And I said, I don't know. It wasn't good. And uh, I had been yelling just this whole time, just yelling through every contraction. And she said, yeah, I think he popped down into position. I think he popped down over your tailbone. And um, awesome. Yeah. And so he had just, I mean, and it was a pop. I mean, he had just popped into place. And I got, I said, I said, I want to get on the bed. And my husband said, the bunk bed? Because my daughter's bunk bed was in there. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care, just a bed. Just get me in a bed. So I had gotten in the bed on my side. I had one foot. If you've ever seen a bunk bed, they have slats up top. And so um, I had one foot in a slat and one hand around a slat on the top. And I was laying on my side, pushing, just pushing. And um, my poor doula had never delivered a baby by herself before. And she was just like, oh, please, please stop pushing. Please stop pushing. She (laughs) panicking. Oh, my gosh. Just panicking. And so she goes to my mother-in-law because, you know, my husband has made his wishes very clear. I do not want to catch a baby. Do not no, want to you. Yeah. yeah, no, I do not want it. One of you guys is going to do this. So my doula goes to my mother-in-law and says, you know, look, we're, this baby's coming. We're, one of us is catching a baby, you know. Oh, my gosh. And so my mother-in-law has always said, I have waited for this grandbaby for 20 years. She had wanted a boy for so long out of her oldest boy, you know, Jonathan was just, you know, her sweetest oldest boy. And so she had wanted this grand boy for so long. And she said, I'll do it. You know, no problem. You know, we'll mm-hmm. catch a baby. And she was mm-hmm. so supportive of the home birth, just the entire pregnancy. Like she was just so on board. And so That's she amazing. said, yes, you know, no problem. We'll do it. I'll catch a baby. So I'm pushing and she's like, please don't push Heather pant with me pant like a dog. And so I would just (laughs) push. I just could not. I could not stop myself. I couldn't. There was nothing. And my husband said, he said, I think the only time you ever cussed me that whole time was when (laughs) he had said, like, honey, please don't push. And I said, you don't effing understand. I can't. And uh, he said, you know, you didn't cuss me personally, but it was just like, you don't get it. You know, I can't quit. (laughs) And um, so, so I'm pushing and I just, I tried so hard not to. I did. I tried so hard not to. And then when your body takes over it. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it did, it did, it did it all. And so, um, so my, my doula had said, Tracy is about 10 minutes away if you want to get in the tub because she had told John the whole time, like, you know, I don't want her in the tub yet because you know, it'll really speed things up. So finally she looked over at Jonathan and she said, if she gets in that tub, we're going to have a baby. And I said, I'm getting in that mf <laughs> That's what I yell at. Like I'm getting in that mother. So I get up and I start to head into the tub while I have a contraction. And then my doula says, do you want your dress on? Cause I had kind of a black dress on. And I said, no, take it off. So she took it off of me and I got in and 
sat there and I hit that water and it just stopped. Everything stopped and it felt like it stopped for 20 minutes. And I know it wasn't that long, but it felt like it was so long. I was able to really rest and kind of gather myself, you know, for that final, for the final push, you know. So my doula has the flashlight on her phone behind me. I'm on my knees. Mm -hmm. I have my arms draped over the side of the tub and she's, you know, watching, you know, trying to make sure that we're not about to catch a baby. And I think I had pushed maybe one time and then I heard my midwife's car door shut. And then I heard my front door open Mm -hmm. and I said, I just roared just as loud as I could roar. I said, he's coming. And, um, she ran up the stairs. She has these two big old supply bags. You know, these midwives come in, they've got everything they need. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she comes in with these two big supply bags and she's like barreling up my stairs just as hard as she can go. So she can um, probably hear you and feel the intensity too. Yeah. So apparently everybody heard me. There was a small group gathered outside my cul-de-sac. Oh my Um, gosh. That was positioned looking at my condo because uh, apparently I was very loud. <laughs> oh, so, uh, that's yeah. Funny. So she gets up there, gets gloves on, and I mean, she pulled in our driveway at uh, I think it was nine eleven. Got in the room at nine thirteen, and he came out at nine fifteen. And um, oh OP, completely op. Um, he was born op. I, yes. Yes, he was born OP. It did take several pushes to get him out, but there was no, you know, nobody pulled on him. There was no position changes. It was just, you know, kind of gathering myself to get over those shoulders, you know, and kind of how he was rotated wrong. In my video, um, I'm pushing, and you can hear her say, like, he looks good. You know, like, you can tell that his color was good. And she said, he looks good. Come on, just push him on out, you know. And uh, she was so reassuring just that whole time. And uh, I pushed him out. And my husband did say, um, after she said, he looks good, I said, I said, get him. And I just like roared, you pull him out, like get him. And my mother-in-law, who had been told this whole time that she was going to catch the baby. Oh, yeah. You can see her like reach in. Yes. You can see her reach in, grab him from the midwife, and then hand him to me. So so I delivered a healthy placenta, no hemorrhage, no problems, no complications. And I did have two tears. I don't know if this is too graphic for your show. You can edit it out. But um, I had two tears on either side um, of my clitoris. And so those were kind of painful. But, oh, those um, are hurt. Yeah, it was, it, it was pretty rough. But you can even see in some of the pictures he has a big red spot like right on his cheekbone under his eye. And when we think that that's where he got stuck and where he popped, we think mm-hmm. that that maybe his cheekbone had been caught like uh, on my pelvis or my, on uh, my tailbone. Yeah. And, and, uh, and my water never broke that we, I mean, obviously it broke, but probably broke with his shoulders or, you know, something when he came out, I never felt it ever. But yeah, so we had a, a wonderful delivery and everything went perfect. Well, it's an awesome, awesome story and you're going to probably do this again. Yes, 
Well, let's hope he's not posterior this time. <laughs> well, for sure. For sure. Yep. Let's hope that baby. So I want to tell you, though, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it like, oh, like second babies sometimes come faster, third sometimes go faster. I mean, it, it just depends. But um, try not to be in denial this time. Totally. Totally, like, totally feel yes. okay for asking for yes. your team to go <laughs> and join you. <laughs> yes. That was such a great story though. Like I, I just, Thank you tell it with you. such, such a excitement and happiness in your voice. Like I just imagine you uh, sitting there. Yeah. Sitting there smiling through telling your story and it just makes yes. my heart so happy. Well, and my mother walked in because uh, she had my daughter while I was birthing. And so my mother walked in the room after I had had him. And the first thing I did was I looked at her and I said, I did it. I did it. Aww. I did it. And um, we got to nurse for a lot longer than I got to nurse my daughter. And yeah, so it was just a whole different experience. I'm so blessed that I got to do that. And, um, and I can't wait to do it again in about seven weeks. Yay! That's exciting. We're you have to let us know how this birth goes. You know that, right? Like you have to let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to talk about a couple of things. So, posterior babies—they can be born. They're harder to get out. So, Heather, you are a champ pushing. Um, I'm so glad it all worked out so well. But yeah, so back labor can be one of the signs of a posterior baby, and so doing things like shaking the apples, kind of resetting. You could do like abdominal lifts, follow spinning babies. They are really awesome on tips on getting baby from posterior to anterior, forward leaning like hands and knees and stuff like that. And then another tip I wanted to share with, um, and this might be more towards like birth workers, but if you're ever, and, and to parents, if you're in a, ever in a situation where your provider's not quite there yet and you're unable to deliver. Sometimes these babies just come. Um, maybe you're in the car and you're on the way to the hospital or whatever it may be. You can do something called horse lips. This is what sometimes we have to do um, when things take a really quick turn. And so you just blow like this. <laughs> <laughs> and during, do it again. And so, I know I'm going to, do it again. and you might be like doing it, doing it, doing it. And then you go <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's your body taking over and that's okay because that's what it's meant to do. But horse lips can really help not like push the whole contraction and just pushing at the peak, which is your body. Like, like Heather mm -hmm. said, like it was her body taking over. Like mm -hmm. no one could tell her not to push. Like she was going to push, even if she wasn't pushing, her body was going to push. And so if you do horse lips, it just avoids pushing the whole contraction and more at the peak and it can help help you make it to the hospital or, you know, if your midwife's seconds away um, and you want them to catch the baby, then yeah. Anyway, so that, I just wanted to share that tip yeah. with you. And that works because it tightens the pelvic floor. Like what's going on with your mouth and your jawline is typically going on in your pelvic floor. So if like you're clenching your teeth and clenching your jaw while you're pushing, it's not going to be as effective as a push with a relaxed mouth and a relaxed jaw. So that's why the horse lips or even blowing, like make your whole, like, make your, make your mouth like a circle and just mm -hmm. blow. <sighs> like sometimes nurses will tell you to do that until the doctor can get in there. Things like that. Okay. Well, Heather, thank you so much for sharing your story. I loved it. I just had a smile on my face the whole time and Me was too. laughing and I loved it. So good. 
Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to thevbaclink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.